Well, this uh, Christmas is uh, finally here. Well, not actually Christmas Day, but the Christmas season. And, and you can see it everywhere you go. Since, what, September? August? It's crazy. It's, I mean, in 10 years from now, we're going to end Christmas in December and pick it up again in February. You know, it's crazy. Uh, but uh, we, we just want to say thank you guys for being here today, for celebrating cr- uh, Christmas with us here at Lake Point Church. And if you are a uh, guest here today, my name is Frank Bennett, and uh, get to uh, be a part of this awesome thing that God's doing. And, and I tell you what, uh, the, uh, what everybody does here between uh, working with the kids, with our kids right now, with our preschool and nursery, and our students, and uh, our small group leaders, there's a lot of good things going on. And so we just uh, want to say thank you, God, because he is a good, good father. He is a great and awesome God, and so he's doing some awesome things in our lives. And so as we kick off this, this Christmas, I was praying, okay, Lord, Lord, how, how do we revisit Christmas? You know, because Christmas, it's the same story, right? I mean, everywhere, as a pastor, and I never knew this until I became a pastor. I mean, this is like my, my, maybe my third Christmas uh, being, a, being a pastor. And, and I've come to realize it's really difficult sometimes because it's like, how do we rewrap Christmas? You know, because it's, it's the same story, now, you could do all kinds of things to kind of rewrap Christmas and everything, but really when, you, when it all boils down to it, the message, the message is very clear. God sent his son Jesus as a man to be sin for us on the cross. Now, ultimately, we celebrate Easter and, and what he did for us on the cross and how he rose from, uh, from the dead, but This time of year, we get to uh, revisit again that story of Christmas. Now, as as I was looking and praying and considering what what are we going to do with this Christmas thing, uh, you know, there's all kinds of elements about Christmas, and one of those elements is a star. And as most of you guys probably know, there's a movie that's coming out here in a couple of weeks. Uh, if, if you don't know that the the latest and greatest Star Wars is coming out in a couple of weeks, you, you you probably don't have a pulse. Because it is everywhere. And it's really, really exciting. And, and, and in fact, I remember as a seventh grader watching Return of the Jedi in, in the movie theater. And thinking, man, this is, this is awesome. This is great. And, and I know they've, they've picked up the story like before Return of the Jedi and be, before the original uh, movie that came out. But years and years and years, people have been waiting for the continuation of the saga of Star Wars. What, what's it going to be like? What, you know, obviously we, we know Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia and Chewbacca and R2-D2 and C-3PO and some of those famous characters are going to be involved. But what is it about? What, what's going to be the story? It's so Exciting, and I really think it's going to be uh, probably one of the biggest uh, blockbusters of all time. Now, you may think, okay, you must be a Star Wars fanatic. Actually, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I don't own any Star Wars toys. I don't go home and play with my Millennium Falcon. I don't do those. Kind of, but, but I do know this, that Star Wars was, was, was a great movie, and it's a movie that, that uh, I watched as a kid, and then my kids 
are watching it, and then my kids uh, are, are going to be uh, sharing that with their kids. Uh, but, you know, by the time this whole thing's done, who knows how many movies. But we've been anticipating and waiting for this Star Wars movie. Almost like the Israelites are waiting patiently for their Savior. Now, I'm not saying George Lucas is our Savior. I'm not saying Star Wars is our Savior. I'm not trying to make that comparison. But I do know this. The Israelites waited over 400 years for God to speak. That's to speak. Because through the time of the Israelites, God spoke to them through Moses, through, uh, through prophets, through judges, and even through kings. And, and as, as, as uh, sinful kings came on board, and the, and the kingdom was divided, Israel and Judah, and as, um, as God spoke to the, to the kings through prophets, and to the people through prophets, and they got exiled to a faraway land, which is now Iraq and Iran. And then they, uh, a remnant was brought back. And, but there was a time, about 400 years, between the time when they left, that, that time of, of, uh, of being uh, in, in a different country, to the birth of Christ, about 400 years. That is a long, stinking time. God was just speaking through prophets. He was silent. He was silent, waiting, anticipating, because people knew that a Messiah was going to come. Why? The prophets. The prophets foretold of the birth of Christ. We're going to revisit some of those throughout the next few weeks. But they knew that a Messiah was going to come. Now, they were thinking a Messiah, like a king, a conqueror, like David, like a, a man's man that would come in and overthrow the Roman government and, and bring back Israel to the glory days of, of David and Solomon. That's what they were, had in mind. But that's not what God had in mind. God had a much bigger plan, a plan that would not be just for the Israelites, but for the entire world. And he proved that in the story that we're going to read today in the book of Matthew. And so if, you, um, um, if you've got your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 2. So put your finger there in Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to be visiting this uh, story. Now, to set this up, we're going to visit the story of the wise men. Now, you probably have heard this story many times about the wise men coming from a faraway land and following a star. And so, um, to, to, before we start reading this, we're going to talk about who are these wise men. Where, where did they come from and, um, and why would they follow the star? And so, the wise men, some misconceptions about the wise men is that people think there were just... There were just three of them. Now, there could have been only three. People think there were three wise men because uh, there were three gifts. There could have been more. Uh, we know there were three, but there could have been more. There could have been uh, an entourage of, of people from the land they were coming from. And so, uh, so we have this mind of just three guys showing up. It could have been a bigger, a bigger deal. Um, the uh, other misconception is that they were kings, 
The Bible never says that they were kings. We three kings of Orient are um, traveling this world from near and far. That's not the right words, but you get the idea. And so they weren't kings. They were wise men. They were scholars who spent their time uh, reading uh, past things, past prophecies, passings, uh, and, and, uh, and discussing things and looking at, at creation and just getting wise. Uh, and, um, and so there was a whole group of wise men from this country that we'll talk about in a second. Um, the, uh, we have this idea that they were there at, at the birth of Christ. A- actually, uh, it, it, they were probably there a few, a few months, maybe even as, as late as a year um, uh, to showing up. So, so you have this idea. I mean, we have several nativity scenes around the house where we've got the three wise men and, and the baby Jesus and Mary Joseph and his shepherds and, and this stuff. And, and, but in reality, the wise men actually came uh, later. Actually, in a time when, when they were probably living, living in a house somewhere in Bethlehem while, while mom recovered uh, from, um, from the birth of, of Jesus. And so um, the wise men came later. Now, where did they come from? The Bible says that they came from uh, the east. Most likely, if you look at a map, there's not much between uh, Israel and, um, and the far east. Uh, lots of deserts and stuff, not many uh, inhabitants and not many cities. And so the country that they probably came from was Persia. Uh, Persia in the Far East, uh, which is modern day Iran. They traveled a thousand miles to get to Jesus. A thousand miles for a star. They saw a new star in the sky and they went to great lengths to locate the purpose of this star. What's that? We, we should go. I mean, walking or riding camels for a thousand miles is not my idea of fun. I mean, getting in a car with six children driving 250 miles is not a lot of fun. But camel, walking, desert, a thousand miles. That's unbelievable when you think about it. They went to great lengths. What did these, what did these wise men uh, do? They were known as a class of scholars called the Magi. They were ancient interpreters of dreams. They would interpret dreams. They would look at creation. They would study stars. They would read uh, ancient readings and, and proverbs. And, um, and in fact... Uh, they were around the court of Babylon, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, which actually is the same empire that captured the, uh, the Jews and brought them in cap- captivity and exiled them to the Babylonian Empire. And so later, that Babylonian Empire uh, became uh, Persia. The Persia uh, government came in and... Uh, and uh, knocked them out. And so who was, uh, who was involved in that? Who, who was there uh, during the time when the Israelites were there in captivity? Well, there was one prophet that, we, that you may have heard of, and his name is Daniel. You may have heard of Daniel in the lion's den. That story is pretty familiar. Daniel was a prophet, and in the first few chapters of Daniel, 
Uh, they're great stories. In fact, I highly recommend, if you want to do a family devotional, you could do one chapter a week and spend a few weeks just reading the first part of Daniel. But the second part of Daniel is all prophecy. It's God speaking to him. There's, there's some weird things in there. I mean, there's some, there's some amazing uh, things in there. And so they had those readings of, um, of Daniel. And they also had some other uh, readings as well uh, in that. And so it's, it's almost like they had those, those writings and they were studying those writings and they came across some of these, some of these uh, prophecies that Daniel had and some other uh, people had as well. We're about to read some of that. But so get this. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, because of their sin, were captured, brought to Babylonian Empire, later became Persia, the Persian Empire. And so Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Fiery Furnace, all of those guys were part of that. And guess what they brought with them? They brought with them uh, the, the scriptures, Gen- the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They brought, they, they brought uh, passages in, in Isaiah. Okay? They had those, those writings as well. They brought that. And when the Israelites stayed there for years, those magi had access to all of that. They would soak that up. They would read all that. They wanted to learn. They craved learning more. And so they had access to all of those. Um, one, of the, um, um, one of the things they had access to was the book of Numbers. In Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. Here's a prophet, a prophecy from Balaam. It says this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. So you have a, you have a, a, a prophet who God spoke to about a star rising up. Now, being that the Magi are, are, are men that study the stars, this verse right here would really jump out. Oh, uh, there's going to be a star that, that rises up, will come out of, out of Jacob? Who is Jacob? They would read the Torah. They would read all those things. So they had an idea. So when that star appeared, they're like, hold on a second. I remember reading somewhere about a star. What did that say? That really, really intrigues me. What should we do about it? Well, they, uh, they decided that they would, they would go. They would, they would pack up, and they would travel the distance. Now, I don't think they knew about how far that was. Maybe they did. I don't know if they had the tools, the, 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 the math uh, equations to be able to come up with that. Probably not. But I do know this. They were determined. I would have said probably about mile 350 I would have been asking a lot of questions, you know. But evidently, that star stayed around for quite some time. So where, where does that say this? Uh, let's read that story in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And I'm going to encourage you to, uh, to read this in, in your copy of God's Word. And then we have it on the screen. We also have it on the YouVersion Bible app. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to 
listen to the story, read the story as if it's the first time hearing it. The first time hearing it. Sometimes we have to approach Christmas like that. I've heard that story. I've heard that. Put everything aside, and let's focus on hearing this story for the first time. Before we read, join me in a word of prayer as God prepares our hearts. Heavenly Father, we just sing about your goodness. We just talked about how you, um, you provided a way for men far away in the east to catch a glimpse of, of your prophecy. And so, God, you have such an amazing plan. And, Lord, because your plan is so, it's so vast, we know, Lord, that you also have a plan for each of our lives. I pray, Father, that as we read this, as we get into your word, Lord, that you open up our hearts. You, you cause our hearts to be soft, to understand where we're supposed to go with this, what we're supposed to do with this. How are we to respond? In Jesus' name, amen. So chapter 2 of Matthew, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, how did they know king of the Jews? There's some other prophecies in Isaiah, which we're going to be getting to the next few weeks. So they knew there's a new king of the Jews. So, <laughs> so they went to the current king who is he was a jerk. He was an idiot. He just, I mean, he was just not a good man at all. And so this King Herod, evil, evil man, they approached this guy and said, hey, king, where is this new king of the Jews? <laughs> now, um, that would not sit well with a guy like Herod. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Israel with him. When he had called uh, together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, uh, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so that comes from the book of Micah, which Micah was a prophet. Verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly, and maybe in the secret chambers, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, which Bethlehem is just, just right outside of Jerusalem, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and Worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. When they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. So, 
They went to King Herod. Herod didn't like this. Herod had an evil plan, which we're going to get to uh, later at a different Sunday, that Herod uh, didn't like this idea of a, of a new king being born. And so he took care of that by slaughtering a bunch of children. And uh, evil, evil man. And so the wise men uh, uh, got this message from the Lord through in a dream. And obviously them being interpreters of dreams, uh, they knew they did not want to go back to Herod. And so the wise men came to the place where, um, where Jesus was. Now, some of you may be asking, and I have asked myself this question, and I've done lots of research on this, and nobody really knows. Where did the star come from? What kind of star was this? Was this an, was this an, an actual star that, that, w- that was formed? And, and how did it hover over the place where, where the child, where Jesus was born, or, or where he was, he was at as he was growing up? Where did this thing come from? Or could it have been sort of a, uh, a fire, sort of uh, when the Israelites were, were walking in the, in, the, in the desert for 40 years? They, uh, they were guided by a cloud and by a fire. Was it something like that? You know what? We don't know. A lot of people speculate it could have been a comet, could have been all kinds of things. You know what? Here's the deal. When we try to put our own human minds and wrap our own human intelligence around this thing, um, it's just going to destroy any uh, evidence of faith that we have. You know, faith is, is, is seeing something even when you can't see it with your eyes. Knowing that it exists even though you can't see it with your eyes. None of us were there when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. But I know that he did. We have witnesses I know there was a star. There was a, a star that showed the way and pointed the way. How do we know? People, uh, people wrote about it. People, there were witnesses for that. And so we could try to come up with why, why this star is like this and, and, and how did it form and where did it go. But you know what? There's a bigger issue that I want to get to today. Here, here it is. Those wise men chose to leave where they were and to go and follow something that didn't know exactly where it led to, but it, it intrigued them, and they knew they had to go. They had the writings. They, they were studiers of stars. They knew they had to go and follow that. What kind of message is that for us? It's the same message. It's the same message. God has placed stars in your life for you and I to follow. It could be, hey, you need to have a better marriage. Here, here, here's, your, here's where your marriage needs to go. Here's the, here's the star of your marriage. Now, it's time to follow that star. It could be, uh, it, it could be as simple as how you, uh, how you treat others, how you treat others, how you, how you uh, respond to, uh, to people emotionally. You know, this star is, is the person that I want you to be, to how you react to people. This star right here is what you need to be. And you know you need to follow it, but it's hard. 
And why is it hard? We have to leave the familiar. We have to leave the familiar. That's what the wise men did. They had to leave what was familiar and what was around them to go follow something that they knew they had to follow. We have to do the same thing. Another thing uh, that they did is it was dangerous. It was dangerous for them to, for them to travel all that way. They had no idea what they were going to face. You may be thinking the same thing. You know, Frank, it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit dangerous for, for, for me to put myself out there and, and allow uh, some, uh, you know, some other person that I'm married to and, and allow them uh, to, uh, to get into my heart, even though I have a hard heart. You don't know, Frank, what they've done to me. You don't know what my spouse has done to me. You know, God wants marriages to be healed. Uh, God wants finances to be healed. God wants people's hearts to be softened. God wants to do amazing things in his life, and he's given you stars out there in the distance for you and I to follow. It may seem dangerous. It may seem like, well, I'm leaving the familiar. Absolutely. And it may even seem foolish. It may seem foolish. Okay, so Frank, you're telling me with my finances, if I'm struggling financially, you're telling me to give 10%. I'm not telling you it's actually God uh, through his word. But you're telling me that we should give 10% even though I'm struggling financially? That is foolish. That doesn't make sense. You're right. Neither did leaving Persia and go a thousand miles to follow a star. Didn't make sense. Seemed foolish. But they know they had to do it. You know you have to do it. Those stars in your life, you know what they are. Those stars in your life of the person you need to be, the marriage you need to have, the, 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 the finances you need to have, just, just plug it in. Okay, the, the friend you should be at school, the friend you should be to, to your neighbors, to your, to your workplace, those stars, God has placed because that's where he wants you to go. And so I encourage you, even though you may be leaving the, un, you may be leaving the familiar, it may seem dangerous, and it may seem foolish, know this, that God will be there. And Jesus will be there. There's a very similar story in Matthew chapter 14. This is obviously when Jesus became a man in, in his ministry. And Jesus was um, uh, put the disciples in a boat, and they were going across the sea, uh, the, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Jesus went up to a mountainside to pray. And when the disciples saw um, that, the, that the storm was, was coming up abruptly, they were scared. They were terrified. They were thought they were going to be overturned, uh, shipwrecked, or whatever. And then in the silence of that storm came a light, came hope in the distance. In, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, this is, this is talking about what happened when the disciples are on the boat. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Okay, so explain that. Yeah, can't. <laughs> you can't explain it. Explain the star. We can't explain it. 
That's where our faith comes in. There was a star, absolutely. Jesus walked on water, absolutely. Don't know how he did it? I have no idea. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, one of the disciples, tell me to come to you on the water. I love this. Jesus just just simply said, come. Come on, Peter. Let's go. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now stop there. So a similar situation, sort of. You have disciples in a a situation where... um, what do you do? What do you do with this, with this storm, with what's happening? And then in the midst of, of the darkness of that storm, in the midst of the darkness came the light of Jesus. They saw him on the water. And, and it's amazing. Jesus is calling out to Peter, come. Come on, Peter. It's like the star is just calling out to those wise men. Come, follow me. Follow me. I got something to show you. You will be utterly amazed. Jesus, come, Peter. You're going to be amazed because you're about to walk on water. You're about to walk on water. And so Peter, what did he do? He left the familiar. Walking on water is not familiar. In a boat, Familiar. He left the familiar, stepped out onto the water, into the unfamiliar. Was it dangerous? You bet. A storm? A, a, a blowing? Winds going uh, everywhere? Waves crashing in? Yes, it was dangerous. Was it foolish? <laughs> yeah. He was the only one who did it. Yes, it seemed a little foolish. But Jesus was calling him, come. Come to me, Peter. I got something to show you. God has stars in your life. And he wants you to follow those stars. Men want to take one star at a time. But God, and you know it, I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to to people in this room. You know what those stars are. And God is calling you. Follow that star. Follow me. Because number one, it leads to Jesus. Number two, you're going to find out God's plan for your life. In whatever area you're struggling in. And we all have struggles. I got struggles. Everybody in this room has struggles. Am I chasing stars? You bet. Absolutely. I feel like it's more like 10,000 miles rather than 1,000 miles. But I'm chasing stars. And so this Christmas, as we take our journey through this, this Christmas story, This day, I want you to identify 
what those stars are in your life. Maybe just one star. What's that one main star that you've been ignoring? It's shining in your life. You, 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 you keep trying to turn away from it, but it's there. I can picture the wise men sitting on the ground in Persia, looking up in the dark sky and looking at this star. It's still there. It's still calling me. God's star for you is still calling you. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, it may be foolish. It may be a little dangerous. It, and it may be unfamiliar. But that's okay. Because God is going to show you the way. And so um, there are people in this room obviously who are, who are struggling with things, but there are also people in this room who, who may not have accepted Christ as Savior. You know, I don't ever want to preach a message where I don't, I don't preach about the main purpose of what we do. That is appoint people to God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The ultimate, the ultimate star if you have accepted Christ, it's the cross. Have you been trying to turn away from that cross? Have you been ignoring that cross? Have you been ignoring the blood of Christ and what he did for you? Yeah, those tiny hands, they became pierced for you and for me, for the entire world. So if you're sitting here, you have never accepted Christ as Savior. And if you want to do that, we're going to give you that opportunity. But I also want to give everybody an opportunity in this room to identify those stars, or maybe that one star, and I want us to respond in that way as well. Every head bow, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as you're doing um, heart work in this room, I pray, Father, that you continue to, to speak to people. I pray, Father, you show them what that what that star is in their life. Maybe that, that ultimate place they need to be in personally. Maybe in their marriage. Maybe in their relationship. Maybe their finances. Maybe with you. Identify what that is. Do some great work. So I want everybody in this room, I want you to think of this uh, one star. There might be more, but just focus on one right now. And just there in your heart, if you're ready to follow that star, to, to follow that vision that God has for you, just in your mind or right there, just say, I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to follow. Does it matter how dangerous? Does it matter how uncomfortable it is? Does it matter how foolish it is? I'm ready to follow. I've been ignoring too long. It's going to be tough. But I'm ready. And if you're sitting here today and you, you've never accepted Christ and you're ready to follow Him, to follow Jesus to eternity in heaven and to ask Jesus to be forgive you of your sins. If that is anybody in this room, if you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something and you're ready to do that. If you're ready to follow Jesus, in your life, and you've never done so, just raise your hand, and we will pray with you. Anybody ready to follow 
Christ. You need to follow him for the first time. Awesome. Heavenly Father, let us, let us continue to press on. No matter how dangerous, how uncomfortable it is, let us follow after you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I encourage you guys to uh, come back uh, the next uh, few weeks as we continue down this journey. And uh, if any of you guys uh, are trying to follow a star, uh, you know, the wise men didn't do that on their own. They didn't do that individually. They had a, a group. They had a, a company of people. That's what the church is supposed to do. And so don't try to follow a star that is too much for you to handle on your own. Get with me. Get with the small group. I, I will get people praying with you. We will pray with you. And you can follow that star all the way to the end.